episode of Read Me Romance is brought to you by Starbucks. Your coffee is awesome, but your hot chocolate sucks. Me and my ass. Thank you. Hey. Hey. Welcome back. It's Thursday. We're almost to the end of Jen Frederick's bombshell. This is Read Me Romance. And you're- I don't know if we've said it at all this week. What were you saying? You're here with Alexa Riley, Mel, and Leah. Hey, Tess is not with us. We're having a no-pants party, or at least I am by myself. I don't know about you, Mel. <laughs> I'll, I'll have a single solo pant party. That's fine. No big deal. <laughs> so, I, yeah. So, uh, what were you going to say? Oh, nothing. I was just going to keep Well, never going. mind then. <laughs> Fuck it. We're I'm finished. always Let's scared go. we're going to have, like, a dead space. I'm like, do you talk? Do I talk? Who talks? <laughs> I don't know why. It feels like when we have Tessa on, we never run out of things to talk about. And it's probably because Tessa is more prepared. We come on here. We have no notes. We have nothing. Huh. We just fucking work it out. Let's talk about ourselves. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which we're going to do again today. So one of the things I forgot to mention was that when Jen sent me my Christmas present, she's always she always sends the best notes anyways. But she sent a really sweet note and then just talked about, like, you know, how great I am and how, you know, strong I am and that she'll believe in myself. And, like, it just made me feel so good. And if you don't have a friend that does that, then get one. Like, befriend Jen Frederick. <laughs> no, that's hey, ours. with her. Stop giving <laughs> our shit away. Jesus. <laughs> It was just, like, the nicest thing ever. Like, she, it was just, it made me feel so, so good. Yeah, it's like she, she really pays attention to what's going on in your life. And then she can say mm-hmm. something to you that makes you think back on that year and make you feel good about it or better about it. And it's like, thank mm-hmm. you. I really needed to hear that. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, I think I sent it to you the yesterday, maybe. There was something that, you know, it said everybody has, like, I don't know, it was much more eloquent, but it was, like, you know, everybody's got a chapter of their life, and this chapter says, hey, girl, you okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you're having a rough one, or whatever. But, you know, my sister told me one time that she said everybody has a chapter of their life they don't read out loud. And I thought that was really beautiful because it's like, you know, everybody has a piece of themselves that, you know, they struggle with or that they don't feel like they're good enough. And that, you know, it's not something that they want to dwell on or that they, you know, they're not going to read it out loud. They're not going to share with everybody. Yeah. And I just thought, like, that was such a good saying. And I take that to heart. Like, you know, when I have mistakes or stumbling blocks or anything like that, you know, from having a hard time, you know, Jen's note really made me reflect on that the other day that everybody has this page or everybody has this chapter, you know, that they're not willing to, to revisit. And, you know, I, I just appreciate that I can have the type of friends that are like, it's all right. You're, you're okay, girl. Like you're gonna be all right. I agree. (laughs) Because that's the best. (laughs) And I think like, you know, that's, that's one thing. It's weird though. Like when I was listening to this and I was listening to bombshell 
and I was reading through it, I was just, her friend that's in it, I love her. Mm-hmm. I do Because too. she's that, yeah, she's like that ride or die where she's like, you okay? We still I hate got him? You. I'm you like, sure? we still hate him? <laughs> if we still hate him, I'm good to go. <laughs> I, I love it. Because that's true. Like, even with us. I've said that you know, to you the like, other day. I was like, yeah. we still like that person, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> Mel's like, I don't know if I like her. Let me check the group chat. Hold on. We still like that girl? (laughs) Pretty much. We're like, yes, yes, we do. Okay. (laughs) But I like it, you know, when you have that, like, that awesome, you know, chick in your corner that's going to back you up. Jen's one of those people, and she's awesome. Because she's very... She can be very, like, she has a stern voice, and she can switch her voice over. Like, one time I was staying with her, and she called, a package was supposed to come, and she calls UPS, and she's like, bam, 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 and I'm like, damn, I'm scared. <laughs> and then <laughs> well, t- and then I'm sitting there, and she's got this giant dog, and whenever Jane wants to say something, she's, she's a Doberman. Yeah, whenever she's a Doberman, right? Yeah, like her dog is. Oh, okay. so whenever she wants to say something, she can be very stern. I think it's just her day job. She's a lawyer or whatever. And with this dog, though, I was like sitting in her house because I was spending the night. And this dog would not listen to her. And she would turn around and she would yell at this dog. And she's like, Rosebud, stop doing that. And I'm like, what the hell? And then she gets on the phone with the UPS and she's like, listen here. And I'm like, Jane, (laughs) that voice right there on the dog. But she can't do it. (laughs) And that dog gets away with murder. I remember texting our friend being like, Rosebud is the exception to the rule. She she don't want, she won't get it from Jade. Everybody else gets the voice. <laughs> I wonder why that is. I, I didn't know that. Like I wonder why her dog doesn't have the same expectations. No, he will. That dog will not listen to her for nothing. It was hilarious. Mm-hmm. I found. I wonder it the if best she listens to ever. her husband. Did she listen to her husband? I have Did you see I, that? when I stayed there the couple of times? He wasn't there, so oh, okay. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I bet he does. I bet she I bet he, like, runs that motherfucker. <laughs> I love it. I love her husband so much, too. He is so nice. Yes. Like, we went to, oh, my gosh, so the last time we were all together, remember, we went out for Korean barbecue. Where were we at? Were you in Atlanta? No, no, no. A polycon. Oh, it was D.C. That's right, because your husband was there, too, and your kids and stuff. And we had gone, that's right, we were in Washington, D.C. We had gone to this really awesome bar- uh, Korean barbecue place, and... You know, if you've ever eaten that kind of food, it's, like, family style where they bring out, like, these big dishes of all this meat and stuff and you share everything. And I remember me and Jen's husband were sitting at the end and we were just, like, yeah, keep the food coming down here. And we were just eating and eating and eating. And he was, like, oh, try this. Oh, try this. And I was, like, oh, man, this is the best. And we ate so much. And, like, he texted me day before yesterday and he has that, that we talked about it already, but the pi- the pillow that Jen has with my face, our faces on uh-huh. it, you know, it's like one side's your face, one side's mine. He had a picture of like me on the pillow next to him. He was like, missing my friend. I was like, I'm missing the food we were eating the last time we were together. <laughs> <laughs> He's That's so hilarious. sweet. Uh. I know, I love it. Now I'm super hungry now that I'm thinking about all this. So... Let's go to Bombshell so I can go get lunch. (laughs) Enjoy, guys. We'll see you on the other side. We'll see you on the other side. Bye. Chapter 5
I look at the clock. Jack said he'd be back by dinner. Hopefully his words were hyperbole and he isn't in jail for actually murdering someone. A small smile twitches my lips. I hope whoever that guy was got his ass beat. Jack's anger was real and immediate, and it went a long way in convincing me that the whole story of his amnesia was true. It didn't erase my past feelings of hurt and rejection, but there's a Band-Aid there. Like Jack said, my heart's healing now. I don't know what that means for us in the future, though. We still have a lot of issues to work out. I head for the kitchen and get out the makings for a grilled cheese sandwich. As I look at the bread and cheese spread out on the counter, I wonder if I should make him a sandwich. No, I decide that's not my job. But a few minutes later, I find myself in the kitchen anyway. I'm not making him a sandwich, I declare to my daughter, who was enjoying tummy time on her playmat. She just ate, and now she's busy gnawing on her book of textures. The crackling of the plastic is her only answer, but it sounds vaguely judgmental. I'm making you and me two sandwiches because we need the extra energy. Okay, maybe I am making him a sandwich, but only because it would be rude to eat mine in front of him, and I can't be teaching you bad manners at this age, right? She might have responded, but the doorbell rings. With her in my arms, I open the door and find a delivery man standing in front of two giant suitcases. Frowning, I say, I didn't order anything. This is for Jack Harris. A large figure appears over the man's shoulder. Jack reaches out and plucks the clipboard from the delivery person. I'll sign for that. He scribbles his name and hands it back. Before I know it, I'm back inside my house staring at the luggage. What's going on? I'm moving in. He throws his wool coat over the back of the living room chair, revealing a black sweater that clings to his perfect frame. He sticks his hands on his hips and asks, where should these go? As if he doesn't know I have a two-bedroom house. Why are you moving in? I told you that I wasn't ever leaving you again. But can I hold Anna? He doesn't wait for me to respond, but plucks Anna from my arms and expertly cradles her. He tilts his head toward the briefcase he dropped by the front door. There's some documents inside. If you want to grab those, I can explain them to you. Like a robot, I walk over to the briefcase and pull out a folder. Inside, I find a paper that declares it is a trust in Anna's name. I set up an educational and support fund for Anna. It provides for a monthly stipend as well as a lump sum that should be used toward her education. You're the trustee, which means you control this. I read it over. The amounts are staggering. Anna is allotted enough money to buy a car every month. Don't you think this is a little overboard? He doesn't bother looking up. He's too busy wiggling Anna's arms and staring adoringly at his daughter. What you don't use can be saved and applied to her later in life. There's another document in there. The next one has my name on it. The sum is embarrassingly high. I slap it down. I don't want this. This is gross. I feel like you're trying to buy me. He tosses Anna about two feet in the air. She squeals in delight. If you note, the trust says that you will only get the amount if you retain primary physical custody. I'm not trying to take the baby from you. I'm trying to make sure that you have the freedom to make decisions in your life. I also brought lunch. I wasn't sure what you were feeling, so I ordered an assortment. The doorbell rings again. Jack reaches the door first and lets in a woman weighed down with a number of bags. 
Hi, I'm Jasmine, the older lady says. I watch in bewilderment as the woman goes right into my kitchen and starts unpacking food and placing it in the refrigerator. Are you hungry? He asks. No, I had a sandwich. I point to the plate on the counter, the one that has the extra sandwich I made. Jack's eyes light up. Is the other one for me? Great. Jasmine, I'm going to have this sandwich that Kate made me. I'll heat the other stuff later. Jasmine nods. Then I'll get to cleaning. I arch an eyebrow. He shrugs. I told my mom I'd found you, and she said I should bring food and a cleaner. You told your mom? You went back to your home? I drop into a nearby chair, feeling overwhelmed. I think I need another nap. Yeah, I went to find Davis. He's my brother's assistant, but apparently he's gone on a business trip and won't be back until tomorrow. I stopped at home to let my mom know that I was going to be telecommuting for the foreseeable future. When she asked why, I told her. He blows a kiss into Anna's belly. I don't think she'll be able to stay away for more than a few days. Anna is her first grandchild, and she's already threatening to disinherit me for missing out on her birth. Where should I put my things? I'm not sleeping with you, I say immediately. His mouth twists into a frown, but he doesn't fight me. So the living room? My head is spinning. I hold out a hand as if that's going to steady me. Jack, what is going on? You disappear for 10 months and then reappear with two suitcases, a home nurse, and an entire family? I'm not ready for this. I know. He drops to his knees by my chair and places Anna in my lap. Like you said before, it's a lot, but baby, I've missed out on 10 months of loving both of you. And while the physical stuff can wait, I'm not going to miss out on the emotional stuff. Besides... He shoots me a wink and a flash of that deadly dimple. As I've already told you, my heart doesn't work right when I'm more than a few feet away from you. After a thorough clean of the house, Jasmine leaves. The place smells like lemons and cinnamon and is shinier than a Christmas ornament. Jack watches intently as I bathe Anna, feed her again, and then put her to sleep. When she's down, I tell him that I have work to do and go to hide in the bedroom. When I reappear an hour later, I find Jack rummaging in the garage. What are you doing? Looks like I was going to fix the porch before I left. He holds up a plank of wood. Thought I might get to it. It's 30 degrees out. I wrap my robe tighter around me. I didn't notice. Jack is wearing a short-sleeved t-shirt and a pair of jeans, and sweat appears to be dotting his forehead. As I look around, I realize that the place is spotless. All the wood and tools and boxes are neatly organized and stacked. Anna's asleep, I remind him. Jack's face falls. Right. He stretches, arching his back. The shirt pulls up to reveal a sliver of bare skin, a thin line of dark hair disappearing into the waistband of his jeans. My gaze lowers and sticks. There's a definite bulge in his jeans, a big one. My mouth grows dry. I remember having that large shaft in my hands and in my mouth. I remember the musky scent of him. I remember his strong hands lifting my hair away from my face, cupping my cheek and holding my throat. I remember his voice, hoarse and gravelly, telling me that I look like sin formed into flesh with my lips stretched wide to accommodate his girth. A sound, a pained, hungry sound breaks the silence. My eyes fly to his. 
Rich, thick desire paints every surface of his face. His eyes smolder, his skin is tight across his cheekbones, his jaw is flexed. He shoves his tongue against the inside of his cheek, as if trying to prevent himself from saying something that I might not like. You should go inside. Why? I ask stupidly. I don't want to go anywhere. I want to stand here and be ravished by his gaze. Because you told me that we weren't sleeping together tonight. And if you keep looking at me like that, I'll be fucking you on your garage stairs, in your kitchen, on the hallway floor outside of Anna's room. And then maybe when we reach your bedroom, we will sleep. With that threat or promise, he turns on his heel and stomps out the back door into the cold, blustery night. I don't sleep well. How could I, with Jack's words lingering in my head? I kept replaying them all night long. I wake up restless, as if my skin's too tight and hot around my frame. I try to find something other than sleep pants, but I'm still carrying weight from my pregnancy, so all I have are the jeans I wore the other day or sweats. Unhappily, I pull on the faded gray sweatpants. I find a semi-decent blue sweater at the bottom of my drawer and tug that over my head. When I look in the mirror, a frumpy mom stares back at me. I curse and pull off the sweater. My t-shirts are lighter but more form-fitting, and even though they show my belly a bit more than I'd like, they don't make me look like a potato sack. I stuff my legs into the jeans that I wore to the grocery store and top that off with a pale pink t-shirt. The look Jack gives me when I walk into the kitchen makes my little efforts worthwhile. What are your plans for today? He asks. I check the wall calendar. Anna has a swim class today. Jack rises from his chair. That sounds interesting. I'll get my trunks. No! God, I don't want him to see me nude. My body is all messed up right now. Why not? It's a women-only swim class. You'll make everyone uncomfortable. And by everyone, I mean me. All the moms there will stare at him, and I'll get jealous and probably do something stupid like hump his leg in front of them to mark my territory. I'll stay in the car. I thought you were going to stay in the car, I say as I run after him. You said that this was a women-only swim class. He points to the three dads that are carrying their babies into the gym. I may have fudged a little. Well, you aren't going to hang around with a bunch of dad bods by yourself. I'm not interested in any of those guys. Better not be. Or else what? Or else you won't be able to come back because I'll have beat up all the other men in an effort to prove to you I'm a suitable mate. That's not how it's done anymore. Then you better come inside and keep me in check. He flashes those stupid dimples at me and waves me forward. He doesn't even let me take Anna into the locker room with me, insisting that if he doesn't have the baby, the other dads will ostracize him. I could have made a scene, but felt that I didn't need that kind of attention. Instead, I change into my pre-pregnancy two-piece. As I look in the mirror, I realize for the first time that breastfeeding has made my boobs way too big for the top. I'm spilling out scandalously. I try to tug the fabric over, but it does no good. Don't worry, says a mother two sinks over. We're all a little top-heavy these days. At least we won't drown. She pats her own substantial chest with more confidence than I feel. I wish I had remembered the state of my bathing attire before I told Jack about this trip to the pool. There's nothing I can do about it. 
I wrap a towel around my body and leave the locker room. Jack's already in the water, holding Anna against his chest. As I suspected would be the case, every mother in here has her eyes glued to his body. I want to take my towel off and throw it over his head. Why did he have to be so hot? He rotates in a slow circle as Anna screams with happiness. What a flirt. The women at my side sigh with pleasure. This is annoying. I drop the towel, slide in, and wade over, my big knockers preceding me by what feels like a foot. Hey there, he greets me with a smile. Anna really loves- He trails off and frowns. Where's your swimsuit? I'm wearing it, I say, reaching for my daughter. You've got a couple of pink band-aids on your chest, but I don't think that they are considered a swimsuit in any of the 50 states. He looks over my head. Fuck, it looks like I'm going to have to go fight five guys, and maybe, he squints, a couple women too. For what? For looking at you like they want to peel your band-aids off with their teeth. That's my job. What about you? I retort. The women on the side of the pool are eating you up with their eyes. You could have worn a t-shirt, you know. Did you have to flaunt your pecs? I'm flaunting? He jabs a thumb toward his chest. You're the one with, you know, I think we should both leave. He grabs my arm and starts toward the pool stairs. Why are we leaving? I hiss. The other parents are starting to point in our direction. If we don't leave, I'm going to get a boner in the pool from staring at your juicy body. And then, because I'm horny as fuck and can't think because all the blood will be in my dick, I'll start fighting because I can't hammer my dick inside your tight pussy. My mouth is open, but no sounds are coming out. We reach the side of the pool before I come to my senses. No, this is for Anna, not for us. Jack throws me an unhappy look. That's dirty. It's parenting. I wade back to the class. He follows, but he isn't happy. Five minutes in, and I realize I made a huge mistake. Even though Anna's between us, giggling and cooing, and there are 20 other parents in the water, I barely have anything on, and neither does Jack. The water laps between my legs. My already sensitive nipples harden as the cold air blows across them. Jack notices. How can he not? I'm practically flashing him. His brown eyes darken until they're almost black. We're going to do some horizontal moves today, announces the instructor. If you have a partner, hold him or her up while the baby floats on your tummy. Single moms and dads, grab a pool noodle. When I don't immediately get in position, Jack lays a large hand around my waist. Go ahead, Jack says. I'll hold you. Good Lord, that's what I'm afraid of, but I don't have any alternative. I lie back in his capable hands. He dips and brings me out of the water, his biceps flexing. My entire body tenses as it remembers how it felt to hang on to those biceps while Jack was using every ounce of strength to drive into me. Relax, Kate. I'm not going to let you go, remember? I can't relax. I'm getting so turned on that I can barely hold on to Anna. I stare at my daughter and try to concentrate on her, but she needs very little assistance as Jack holds us both with his easy strength. Your nipples are hard, he murmurs quietly, shifting me away from the other parents. Your cheeks are flushed and you're breathing heavily. This is a tough workout. 
I lie. I wonder what other parts of your body are hard. He continues as if I never said anything. Is your little clit erect? If I slide my hand inside your tiny swim shorts, would you be as wet inside as you are outside? Jack, our daughter is right here. I tip my head toward the baby girl, who is staring at me with wide eyes. He chucks Anna under the chin, his knuckles brushing the side of my breast. I suck in a breath, but tell myself it was an accident. Jack doesn't seem to notice, but it happens again and again throughout the entirety of the class. His fingertips trail across the back of my neck as he helps me dip Anna in and out of the water. His palm covers my belly when I have to practice floating again. He even finds a way to clasp my ankle to help me straighten from the prone position. All the glancing touches here and there turn me into a puddle of lust and want. I barely notice that class has ended. Jack takes Anna from me and steers me toward the exit. Go on and get dressed. I'll take care of our baby girl, he says quietly. In a fugue state, I stumble into the locker room. I try to use the shower to sober up from the lust-induced drunkenness, but as soon as I step outside and see Jack standing so tall and gorgeous by the door waiting for me with Anna in his arms, all my control vanishes. We get home, but I don't remember the ride. I watch as he puts the sleeping Anna in her crib. He takes me by the hand and leads me to the bedroom. I sink to the edge of the bed and watch as he kneels in front of me. These past 10 months, the world's been monochrome. I've been missing this particular shade of brown with streaks of red and gold. He rubs a few locks between his fingers. I haven't seen this particular green in any of the trees or plants. He thumbs a path from my temple to the corner of my trembling lips. This shade of red doesn't exist outside of your mouth. I taste the salt of his finger as he pulls down my lower lip. My sex clenches in anticipation. I've wanted this for so long. I'm so hungry. I wrap a hand around his wrist and suck his thumb into my mouth. He sucks in a harsh breath. I missed you. I whimper. So much. Baby, baby. He cups my face, wiping away tears that have fallen. I'm here now, and I swear on my life that I will never leave you again. Never. He drags his nose along my cheek, sucking in my scent. I remember your smell. I remember this soft skin. I remember. He dips low to lightly bite the junction of my neck and shoulder. I remember how just the sight of you would make me feral. Touch me, baby. I'm aching for your touch. With trembling hands, I reach out and lay a hand against his chest. His heart thumps wildly. I slide my hand lower until it covers the bulge in his jeans that I stared at last night. You're so big, I say with wonder. For you, only for you. He leans forward and captures my mouth, his tongue sweeping in to explore every inch, as if he wanted to remap the entire surface to etch in his permanent memory. He might be remembering, but I'd forgotten. I'd forgotten what it felt like to be held like this, to be desired like this. I'd forgotten, and now, like him, I'm remembering in glorious technicolor detail. I kiss him back with all the fervor I can muster, Suddenly, I want his clothes off. I want mine gone, too. I don't want anything between us. 
not even the tiniest piece of cloth. I begin to tear his clothes off, breaking the contact between our lips only long enough to get his shirt over his head. His jeans disappear, and my underwear does too. Soon, it's just his skin against mine. He releases my lips to kiss his way down to my breasts. Once there, he pays lavish attention to each one. His hands squeeze and mold my breasts as he sucks one nipple and then the other. The long, hard pulls have a direct connection with my sex, which throbs in time with his sucks. Yes, please, Jack. I plead against his mouth. I wriggle to hasten his access. My pussy clenches with need and anticipation. I've wanted this for so long. He moves lower until his mouth is at my pussy. He licks me long and leisurely, deep and hard, drawing me to the edge and pulling me back. It's a slow, sweet death. I try to endure it. I try to hold back, but the orgasm grips me anyway. I shudder and shake under his firm grip and his marauding tongue that doesn't let up even as I crest the wave of desire. The orgasm leaves me breathless, but I still want. A needy puss, aren't you? He says with immense satisfaction. Good thing I'm here for you. He stretches over me until his cock lies heavy against my clit. Is this what you want, Kate? Do you want a good fucking? I squirm helplessly under him, trying to get him to penetrate me, but he uses his strength to keep me from gaining access to his hard cock. He rubs the length against me, using my own arousal as lubrication. Yes, I gasp. Yes, I want you. How much? He demands. Are you mine? Please, Jack, please. I whine and grind against him. He ignores my pleading and continues his cock tease, pressing me hard into the mattress. Are you mine, Kate? God, yes, I've never been anyone but yours. It's all he needs to hear. He drives into me with one powerful thrust. I scream when his broad head breaches my opening. He's so big. Shh, it'll be fine, baby. You're tight as all. Your body will get used to me, remember? I don't, but my body does. It adjusts to his girth. He takes it slow at first, dragging the head of his cock against what seems like every single nerve ending inside of my sex. We're not fucking, he says. Fucking is what you do when you don't mean it. This is lovemaking, baby. Because you love me and I love you. Don't deny it. No matter what happened, I found my way to you because I belong to you. There will never be anything. He thrusts, his cock going deeper than I thought possible. Anything that keeps us apart, not people. He withdraws and drives in again until he's fully seated. Not illnesses, nothing. He reaches around to circle my clit, pinching it until I cry out in drunk pleasure. You got that? I don't answer because I can't. I'm too caught up in the second orgasm that is barreling its way down my spine. This time he doesn't need an answer. He understands because we're connected somehow. In some deep, beautiful way, we're one. I come with a shout, crying out my own love for this man. He pistons into me, his hips working hard as he chases his own climax. His movements get rougher and less rhythmic when the orgasm overtakes him. His hot seed jets inside me until he fills me up. 
Shaken, he falls to the mattress, throwing himself to the side at the last minute to avoid crushing my body with his. Fuck, no condom. He groans, I'm sorry. Good thing I'm on the pill. I started it last month. It helps me stay regular. I inform him. Besides, I should have told you to use a condom. But you didn't, he notes. He sounds pleased. Nope, I was too caught up in the moment. He pulls me close and flips a blanket over us. I'm sorry for something else, he says. His words send small puffs of air across the top of my head. For what? I swirl my finger in a loop around his right nipple. His heart beats erratically under my ear. For not remembering. But you did remember. You said that you felt empty and that your heart hurt so bad that you wondered if you might die. Yes, because I missed you. No, missing is a weak word. Longed? He tests out the word. Yeah, I longed for you. I love you, Kate Chandler. He whispers into the side of my head. My world was empty for the last 10 months. Thank you for saving me. I bury my face into his throat. Some of the moisture on my face isn't from sweat. I love you too, Jack. I never stopped. Thank God. And we're back. Okay. Hey. So that was your last installment no. today. Oh, for today. For today. <laughs> I was just saying, we still got tomorrow. <laughs> no, until Tessa comes back and ruins the party. I know. Oh, God damn it, Tessa. <laughs> God damn it. So let's talk about what's free. What's on sale. Sacked what do we have? It's free, so go ahead and grab that up. And if you want to just scroll social media, we're going to be posting all of Jen's books all week. So you can just have a look around, and they'll be in the newsletter, which you better be fucking on. <laughs> I work hard on that shit. You know, I know, right? Get on that Read Me Romance shit. So I was trying to look. You said she's got lots of books in KU. I'm trying to think about, like, what other books she's got besides, like, the, I know we mentioned um, the Last Hit series, um, the Gridiron series, the book that's free, Sacked, is in that. That's... um. There's Down, Sacked, Jock Block, Played. Those are all just And then amazing. we got my favorite. She, you like Losing Control and Taking Control, which uh-huh. I really like. She wrote another book in it. It's mm-hmm. Jake's story. It's, Revealed to him. Yeah. It's got a girl with, like, gorephobia. She won't leave her apartment. And he slowly kind of gets her to come out. It's so sweet. Mm-hmm. That one's so... I forgot about that one. Yeah. The the first book, Losing Control and Taking Control, are the Care Chronicles. And revealed to him is a guy that's in that. He's like the security guy or something that's in it. Yeah, he owns so he a security firm. Which you would yeah, meet him trying- in Taking Control because yeah. Bunny works for him. Yes. And I'm trying to get her to write Kaga's book that's in that. Like, I really want her I want Steve. to write the yeah, I know. You want Steve. So we want two more books. So this is the pressure we're saying right now. In 2019, Jen Frederick is going to release these <laughs> other two books in the series. So read Losing Control, Taking Return Control, reveal to him, and then you're going to get Kaga's book and Steve's book in 2019. Woohoo! We're so excited. And maybe so, Daisy and them could go on, and Nick could go on a vacation. Oh it's God, something crazy happens. 
don't you dare tease me with a good time. Well, the one book I was going to talk about was the Aaron Watt book that I, I couldn't remember the name of it earlier, When It's Real. That's the one with the, the rock star kind of guy in it. So if you're into those, like, musician books, I know a lot of people love those. Um, she's got that series as well. So, um, or that book as well, When It's Real, and that's under her Aaron Watt name. That she writes her young adult stuff. Also, the Christmas book. Did we mention The Last Gift? It's I free. I we talked about that before. Yeah, that's free. You can go grab that. I'm trying to think of any other gem stuff that we need to mention. One Small Thing was the other Aaron Watt one. I think that's it. Yeah. So, let's talk about us. <laughs> <laughs> we... So, we've got Ringing in, Ringing in the New Year. Go get that. We have a Christmas oh, book. Oh, we have a Christmas, Christmas book. Yeah. Yeah. We Christmas vows. actually. Yeah, Christmas vows. Naughty or nice. Mm-hmm. That one Lyft too. doesn't have a Christmassy cover, but it is during the holidays. Yeah, it's around the holidays. So yeah, and hungry for Lyft more. They're going to Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Hungry for more actually has a follow-up book to it as well, right? Didn't we do? Yeah, no, that's no. naughty or nice. Uh, no. What's the book we're doing with Abby? Yes. Oh, that saved for me, which is live right now. Yeah. Yep, save for me. Yes. So at the end of Naughty or Nice, which you guys have probably already read, you meet this undercover cop and he's like holding possessively on to this little tiny blonde girl. You get their whole story. Yeah, his name's Lars and I can't remember what her name was. Is it Katie? Her name, no, it was something adorable. God damn it. It's super cute. I, gotta I know. His name's me. Lars. I know that he's like some big burly cop. Like she, Abby described him as Abby Knox. So um, she described him as like just a dog, like a big squishy fluffy dog that wants to be with her and like follow her around everywhere, which sounds adorable. Starts stalking but, her. But um, I know. So like, so what happened was we wrote this book and we didn't have time to write this other book. And people Wendy. were like. Oh, that's right, Wendy. That's cute so now. cute. Yeah, so we didn't have time to write this other story, and Abby wanted to do a Christmas one, and we were like, hey, why don't you write this story for us so we can finish our fucking books this year? So if you if you love that story and you want that hero and heroine, go grab Abby Knox's book. It's out there. Grab it up. I think that's it. That's our, Those are our last books of 2018. And um, we've got lots more planned ahead. I think that's it. The only thing left is we'll have Reaper coming, and then you'll be able to pick up the bundle soon if you want to get caught up, if you haven't read it. It's the Virgin Blood series. And so we'll be dropping that bundle for 99 cents and Kindle Unlimited, and you can read it. It will have bonus epilogues in it. And you're gonna you can write this? the Ripper. I was thinking about writing them next week. <laughs> Shit. Okay. I guess we gotta write those now. God damn it. Okay. Let's get to work. <laughs> you guys have a good day. And we'll see you tomorrow. Right. See you tomorrow. Fuck your day up. Make sure you're a bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book that's fine Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind And read me romance Read, read me romance